Our storied insight recognizes that our podcast is in part recorded, written, and edited on the ancestral and unceded homelands of the Hakaminam and the Skohomish-speaking peoples, and are grateful to be participating in our small way towards reconciliation by normalizing these acknowledgments. Join us in learning more through resources made available in this episode's description. Ah, a storied insight. A brave space where one brings their true character to life. Shall we turn the page and begin the next chapter? Chapter 9 Enigma X Machina As the Athenium's alarm ringing wanes, as order resumes in the library, our destined stowaways tumble the shaft into a lifeless floor. In every corner, every wall, on the floor and on the ceiling, assortments of scrying screens of every vintage are on display. Plastered on the nearest scrying screen is a beaming visage of a gaunt, freckled hobgoblin clad in a suit and tie with sequins like scale mail. Beside them is a formal aerocoque with iridescent plumage cascading starry speckles between each fringe. The scene below their desk shows massive crowds before a stage in the distance in a cavernous hollow at the base of the infinitry, lit by the iridescent shine of massive crystal chandeliers. The deafening roar of the crowds dies as magically projected tallies of votes slow to a trickle. with Arcane Eyewitness News. I am here at the Grove inauguration event to determine this term's triumvirate of Nevirovan. <clears throat> and he's here with me, a former professor of political science at Academy Illuminatonis, Harrington Foster. For all you constituents at home, it looks like we are coming up on the final tallies for the remaining two freighters now. Due to the overwhelming show of support for Maximilian C. Silvervine of the Ardent Pathways, tens of thousands gathered in attendance when he took to the stage earlier today for his swearing-in ceremony. His campaigning on a strong antitrust, anti-corruption policy has proven incredibly successful. And it looks like the second candidate votes are finishing up, and our second traitor will soon be revealed. Hold that thought, 
darling. Edward of congratulations on an order for Sage Southwood, conduit of the Loaming Domain. Sage Southwood is taking the stage now. Isn't she as radiant as a flower in the sun? Her hair today is a cascade of autumn leaves. Her dress, well, it's from about ten or so seasons ago, but luckily, everything that is old is new again. She looks like she's trying to hold back rivers of tears as she heads for the night. Quite a surprising turn, Zed. Sage Southwood's campaign has been critiqued as being an overly idealistic return towards grassroots organizing efforts. Her inclination towards cross-platform cooperation and her unique linguistic style has raised some eyebrows during the debate forum, but she has gained something of a die-hard following. Well, isn't that a missed opportunity for a pun? In the event that Aegeus Diehard takes the third spot, wouldn't you say? Uh, I really wasn't trying for a pun. Well, it's too late to make that one work. Yeah, quiet now. She's about to speak. The applause is finally dying down, and she addresses us for the first time as Praetor of Naviravan. Hi. Yeah, can everyone just... Come in a little closer for a sec. I just want to be really real for a minute. We want to thank you so much for being here. This is so groovy. I, Sage Southwood, am caretaker and witness to the natural order. I am so humbled by the spirit of the people. You are the Mind Dreamers. You are all points in a cosmic tapestry, and it's the connections between those points upon which the music of creation vibrates. When the land, its soul, and her dreaming people converge, it creates this beautiful wave. Let that wave ripple across dimensions and bring with it great change. This grove is the ley line of the life stream. On behalf of the being by which I've been made manifest, the Infinitry and I accept the title Crater of Naviravan. That's a beautiful first address. You can Feel the electricity here at the Grove tonight. The overflow votes are being resorted into the remaining candidates, and it looks like... Yes! Yes! We have our third traitor, Aegeus Diehard! Look at that fluffing white hair in the breeze. How can you not melt seeing such a curated face? That cream, tan, unblemished skin... Those full, kissable lips. He's a half-winter labyrinth elf, but all kinds of... Well, aside from his good looks and charm, <laughs> the substance of Mr. Diehard's campaign has been strangely nebulous. He's striding across the stage now. Look at that ensemble. That three-piece suit is a, an obvious choice, given his... Mr. Zed, 
maybe some background on his political stance during a election night broadcast would be prudent. Well, maybe if you could just stay in your lane and respect some seniority, you fussy feather. Thank you to keep your hands to shickle of a bird. So far up your cloaca that. Certainly enlightening. Mr. Zed will return for tonight's post-election after-party coverage, and while I wish we had more time to elucidate the details of Mr. Diehard's underlying political philosophy, I am receiving some very urgent hand signaling. What? Okay. What are you trying to? Good, good heavens! It seems that GS Diehard has just collapsed on stage. Medical staff and his support team are racing to his side. To the best of my knowledge, Die Hard has not mentioned any health complications in the past, but an incident like this is sure to raise some concerns. It appears one of his team is making their way to the mic right now. She seems remarkably composed, given the circumstances. I'm being told that this is his... his wife? No, that can be right. When did he get married? Oh god, he's back. Oh god damn! Oh, please! Get your hands off of me! Even I, I, more I, shattering I, news! I told you I am not to be thrown! In a shocking turn of events by which I am totally prepared for, the partner of Praetor Diehard is stepping up to the mic. I imagine there's probably some dry political commentary which could tell us if that's a lie, but who cares? She's a stunning woman, every bit of match for her handsome husband, and it does seem she has something to say. Let's listen in. I just want to assure everyone that everything is fine. It's just been so hectic over the last few days. We've perhaps been neglecting our self-care. I, the one and only Mrs. Aegeus Diehard, I'm so happy with myself and my husband at the helm to be represented in this new triumvirate. We will guide the path the people of Irvan will walk. A bridge towards the sun. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. I know I shouldn't. But the strain has been so much. My child, they are missing. I'm so, so sorry to do this on a day of celebration, but please, anyone, if you see my child, just bring them back to me. I don't care what it takes. Please bring Lyriel home. The shock and awe. The words transmitted from the scrying screen stuns each and every one of your hearts. The rest of the broadcast continues. A flashy 
inconsequential melange that fails to permeate the numbness now occupies your thoughts. As I recall, Rain was like falling from above, from like the chute. So Rain has definitely landed on Vish's head because it's all these like big curls, right? And it's like been hiding in this hair from this like horrible giant screen. And it's just like, I hate everything about this. Every single thing about this. Ah! It's fine. I'm sure everything's just fine right now. Everyone stay close. We cannot mm. be separated more. I'll like scooch even further down in the hair. Like, like put it over my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that actually works out. Uh, do you, do any of you remember when we lost Lyriel? Cause I just saw Sir George get taken, but I'll be honest. I was focused on everything else we were doing. And I don't know where Lyriel is Lyriel. Lyriel. When is the last time? any of us saw Lyriel. Did we, uh, did, did we even bring this kid in the library? I don't remember even bringing this kid in the library. Maybe he's still outside trying on jackets. Where did everyone go? So you definitely brought Lyriel with you. Uh, they're right. the one who actually stopped Visha from almost burning down the library from oh, the inside. Helpful. Spontaneous library combustion. Right. Uh, and the last time all of you, all, what, six of you were together was in the elevator. Mm. Hmm. Oh. Huh. Where did they go? Yeah, was there a trap door? Did the lights go <laughs> off and flicker and then they were just gone and we were just occupied? Like, is that what? Are they still in there riding the elevator? Oh, yeah, just, I will spring <laughs> off and scoot to that elevator just in case. Uh, just open in the case. Door. We, we, we did just do all that to get this, uh, this old soul doohickey. And uh, I think it's supposed to tell us where people are. I don't really understand it, but uh, maybe it can help us. Who who of us has it? I, hold up your hands. <laughs> check my robes. Who has? Oh, Aram, roll me a perception roll real quick. Perception. Uh, plus zero. That is going to be a 13. Perfect. You pass. Uh... You notice that the Ace of Pentacles card is missing. And that seems to be the only thing missing on you. Oh, wow. I did a very thorough. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I checked everything. I've got like all my stuff laid out on a desk <laughs> in front of you, and I've categorized everything. I'm missing a single card. Everything else is accounted for. Is it. An important card? Yeah, it was a business card. Uh, <laughs> now I have your accent. <laughs> it's business card. <laughs> no, like, uh, Burned down a forest all in one. <laughs> and he would kind of fan out. They're like tarot cards, right? It was right. just a Never single mind. card. Okay. And it was, but it was like painted right. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's like a business card. Okay. Gotcha. I'm going to give Visha a like, oh no, because we robbed that guy. <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> That's right. You did. <laughs> but you also helped him get rid of, like, all, all basically all his competition and feed a bunch of hungry rats. Right. That was a fair trade, in effect. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to kind of, like, tap Fisha. Like, yeah. um, so uh, we might want to assess uh, how important this necklace might be, just, just in case. Just in case it was maybe a little something extra. Well... Why would they come back for this card and not simply take the thing 
That's what we stole. Do we still have it? <laughs> Do we still have it? Lay out all your things. <laughs> the necklace? <laughs> yeah, I mean, go ahead and lay out all, yeah, all the things. Start laying out every want. single like, yeah. <laughs> So you've got your stuff laid out. Now I'm laying out my stuff yeah. beside right. it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three tables somehow. There are four things that, that are specifically hard to put on the table, and maybe each of you don't. They, they are the items of your destiny. They seem to not want to leave each one of you. Try repeatedly. This just won't come out of the pocket. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like stuck on your finger. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. It is a stubborn thing. Yep. But could it have been like a spell, this card? Could this have been some something oh. sketchy? Uh, can I roll Arcana to see if it reminds me of any kind of spell or curse or something? Yeah. I have a plus two, and that is going to be a nine. Well, sorry, a nine plus two is eleven. With an eleven, you can't. There, you don't feel like it was a curse or spell, uh, but you do get a faint whiff of like familiar magic. Ah, drinks of magic, but I do not know what kind. Bad news. Bad news. Though to be fair, like. You know, and he would gesture to everything around us. Like, mm. it seems to be the least magical thing of concern at the moment. Well, was Vish's character the only one that got stolen from, or that has a missing item? Yes. And does it have to do with the deal that they made? The deal. Or the bargain? Mm. Yeah. Do we know that? I think we just saw Visha talking to himself. Okay. It was just normal Visha. And, <laughs> but you saw Rain react because oh, uh, Rain yeah. heard the voice too. Yep. But you two didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Rain knows. Mm-hmm. And um, no, uh, your patron doesn't usually take such things. It would seem petty. Yeah, <laughs> for them. We gotta go shake this vendor down. I mean, his card's missing. Maybe Lariel took the card? Mm. Possible. They really like that jacket. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe they're not much for reading. Are they just want another jacket? Well, yeah. <laughs> either way, we should find them, and then we can ask. Yeah. Quicksilver, could you roll me a, um, hmm, either perception or history? Mm-hmm. Your choice. I'm going to do perception. 10 plus 2, 12. Ah, okay, yes. In the midst of all the chaos, you tend to keep like one eye out for Lyriel just every mm-hmm. once in a while. You guys kind of, you guys definitely have a connection. And mm-hmm. you distinctly remember him hugging every single one of you before mm-hmm. you guys left. Retrospect. So that was kind suspicious. of strange. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that, it's not that strange. Lyriel, yeah. Lyriel's is an odd, like, both affectionate and unaffectionate sometimes. It's a weird balance. Makes me feel like they're hiding somewhere because they got scared and we should go find them. At the same time, you can hear over the PA system. Attention, please. Trial for library rules trespass commencing in one hour, 37 minutes and 11 seconds. Petitioners should make their way to the hearing and justice chambers within the provided assembly time. Oh no, Sir George. Must be. It's it's one of them, yeah. He's always oh. getting into trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what kind of law we got here? Can we just jailbreak this guy in a little bit? Because, like, it's a skill set I got. You dig underground. <laughs> Can that compass point us towards this jury room? 
Have any of you tried to use the compass? Who has it? We did. We did. Did we? No, we don't know. No. Everything's out on the table, so right. no one has it. Oh, it's right there. Ah, well, you found it, so <laughs> I guess you have the best sense of direction. Oh, uh, I will pick it up. Uh, it's quite delicate, so I will pick it up gently and then give it a little shake. Uh, see if anything happens, uh, and then I'll whisper. Lyriel and or Sir George and or a jury room. Perfect. <laughs> when you uh, pick it up and shake it, you notice that it starts out as a sphere and you notice that there are two circle bands crossing and they have the numbers on them. This thing's gonna make us do math? Oh no. <laughs> when you shake it, the, the numbers shift. That's when Visha get a flash of what you read before. You got the compass. Right. It's not open. Oh. When the puzzle is solved <laughs> and the rings align, the eclipse is cleared and its inner core is open. You are going to make us do math. Or just like solve a riddle. It could be a riddle. Yeah. Right? Uh, talk could be a riddle. Well, I, I've said this and it did nothing and I said, I think it's broken and I'll mm. toss it to Quicksilver. Mm. Okay. Mm. I feel like I'm going to stare at it. I'm trying to picture it in my mind. So it's like in the size of a hand and it has like two concentric circles. This uh, is what it's yes, like. Yes, it is the size okay. of a sphere in your hand okay. and it has two bands that have number like mm-hmm. like one, like zero through nine. And when, when that sphere is tossed to you, all the numbers shift. Oh. And in fact, the compass even changes color slightly. Ooh. Just because of me or when it's tossed off to anybody? You'll have to try. I want to take out my mirror that helped them see me and see if I reflect it onto this thing if any of the numbers move. Is that is that the what you are hoping will happen? Yeah, I want to see if anything happens if I reflect it back. Okay. okay. Make an insight roll. 11 plus 4, 15. Yeah, the, you can see the numbers shift and change, like the bands are shifting and changing and changing and changing, and they land on, just give me a number between one and a hundred. Nine. When it lands on nine, a slight force weighs you down a little bit and you take one point of damage. You are getting the sense that this is not the right combination. If I toss it over to rain. Yeah, I definitely like bath it back and forth a bit. <laughs> and then catch it. When you when you toss it over to rain, the numbers shift and spin, shift and spin. And it's not just that the color changes, the texture changes. It becomes Ooh. very hard. Very calcified. Uh, so can I move the numbers as well? Like can you like manually change them? Yes, 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 so yes. So I'm gonna like start listening to it and doing the like code breaker like seeing if the clicks sound any different mm-hmm. um do, do they sound any different mm-hmm. they sound oh it is even with your amazing hearing it's very hard to discern it but they slightly do slightly do slightly do and then one really does just give me a number between one and a hundred 77 77 the one that you have landed on is not the right number. Please take one point of damage. And that click 
that you would want to hear. It sounds very far. Uh, I will like as what. How, so how how do I how am I taking the damage? Like did it shock me or did it like suck it out of me or what? Little bite. <laughs> I ooh did it bite you? <laughs> Maybe the two bands like overlap and like snap on you. <laughs> Pinch your finger. Yeah, yeah. Your your finger just weirdly got pinched as nimble as they are. I like toss it at Visha. Just catch it. Look at it. Do my little eye thing. Clouds roll over. Try and read it. Does it decipher in any other way? The sphere becomes a little bit more amorphous. A little bit uh, burnt, almost. Burnt. Pick a number between one and a hundred. Ninety-nine. That's when you hear and hear. Not so clever today, are you? But you'll get it. You're far off, though. Am I damaged? No. No. Hmm. Okay. Then. All right. If it's burnt, if I can see it as burnt, then I am going to hold it tight and then cast a firebolt, like up and through it. Beisha! <laughs> up and through it. What are you hoping happens with this? I don't know. I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. Like, like he's just experimenting mm. at this point, he, but he does not know. Mm. So he cast a firebolt and then immediately follow up with control flames and just try and just keep manipulating heat and level of flame different, you know, so like it's like rolling through like like a white flame to a blue flame to a yellow like he's just mm. he's just experimenting and seeing if something happens. Mm. If it starts to melt or or you know be destroyed, he will stop. As you do that, Algernon just shakes his head and turns and starts looking for a second soul compass in the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> the the compass is is fine and actually resistant to this like it seems absolutely okay but the numbers do shift not looking good are you do you need a hint (laughs) yes he's just annoyed at this point yes please rain is definitely just watching him talk to himself like (laughs) like i said you're far off but I often forget how odd you are. 99 was closer, though. Yes? He just laughs in the smoke in the fade. Uh, you know, 19. Please take two damage. True. I don't know if that's better or worse, but he's like, ah! Like it just singes <laughs> his fingers. Maybe we should, uh... Get one of these robots and hook it up to them and let this them take is the damage. A very good idea. <laughs> it would um, immediately drop it on the tables. Great. It just smolders. What are you doing? Get it back. It's very hot. Get it back. It's very hot. So disappointing. You were so close. We will figure it out together. Hang on. I'm being spoken to. He's very mad. But your idea does sound much better. Hook it up to the machine. So let's uh, kidnap us a robot. Quicksilver boops and bops and goes and flirts with another robot and nice. makes it think it's coming back to my place. And then I just lead <laughs> it to a trap. Classic <laughs> robot gambit. 
<laughs> you do <laughs> find one. Uh, it is, it is in fact the one that you met earlier. It's, it's Lib. Query. Why are you beeping? <laughs> Observation. Your infrared sensors appears to be non-functional. I like Lib. Wait, were we putting the compass inside Lib? Is that what the plan was to have? You just went to go get Lib. Okay. So Lib, Lib is like off trying to, you know, rearrange things, you know, cleaning protocols. You guys did mess up the library. Let's tell Lib it'll take us to a library card. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a library robot is going to be helpful with numbers. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So maybe instead of having Lib lead, I'll, I won't lead Lib back. I will take to the, what's the desk at the front of the library called when you like, like information desk or something. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the information I desk. have Lib take yeah. me there. And then I ask if there's a book that has anything to do with this compass. I don't know. Do you have a picture of it or can I show Lib the compass? It's, it's cooled down by now. Yeah. Please make me a perception roll. Four plus two, six. Ooh. It might just be the weirdness of your transformation magics, but as you start heading down, you hear the last boom of a far off elevator, and you could swear that you saw some like fluffy whiteness with a blackness just head out the door. But at the information desk, the label will say, Accessing request. Relevant reference materials can be found on floor five, 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 under catalog number four, seven, zero, one. Thank How far away are we from floor five, five, five? Can I go up there? You, uh, it takes you a while to get from, you guys basically were from floor 777, Liv went down the, the Maldrone Express elevator back to there. Uh, so it's okay. 55 that's floors started, up from right? you. Five, five, five. That's, yes, yes, that's where yeah. you started, yes. With uh, mm. finding the soul compass, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be good then, because they're probably in the same collection. Mm. Am I by myself, or are there folks following me? Am I by myself? We're all, like, hiding around a bookshelf. Mm -hmm. I assume that you went by yourself, because it is okay. weird to have non-Maldrons yeah. right now. Yes. Uh, but there are lots and lots of Maldrons everywhere. They're trying to clean this place, trying to make little upgrades, you know, do everything they can mm -hmm. before everything gets opened. Uh, but you definitely see these... Pentadrone enforcers with like five arms, just like looking for any any signs of weirdness from everybody. And you also know that there's lots of checkpoints that they will be scanning things. Okay. 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 I have an idea. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna go to the information desk, and I'm gonna act so cool. I'm just gonna be like, "Hey, Bob. Hey, Jim." I'm just like walking down like a little modrum, like with my little coffee cup, pretending like I'm cleaning every now and then to blend in. And then I'm going to go to this collections desk that has the book. And rather than take the book, I want to put it on my spell shard, which is like my item that can contain information. Love it. And it's locked away so that I can get back with it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Can you tell me what it's like as you are scanning through this book with your Maldron mind and accessing the spell chart and using your chaos magic all at the same time. Ooh. It's like the, the pages are flipping really, really fast like they do in the movie. And it's like 
but I'm, I'm consuming everything. I can just look at a page, it's all digested and immediately copied over onto the spell shard. And the spell shard gets like a little bit heavier with each bit of information that gets added to it so I can tell when it's filling up. Um, and I feel like everyone around me is kind of whizzing and being busy, but there's like such intense focus and I'm like zoned in on the shard. So I'm just paying attention, I'm just like in my own little world. It's beautiful that you did that. To a normal Maldron, it might be a conflict error, but for anybody else, for any biological being, it's a beautiful coincidence. You kind of, as you're doing that, you're also reading a little bit of Haven's journal. And he does mention some of these artifacts that maybe, you know, recalling the days when he spent with Sir George, they visited this place together. Um, and and things like that. And essentially, between the book that you uploaded to the shard and the journal, you get the sense that because the compass is so unique to the wielder, it is a puzzle per person. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. And if you want to spend more time, like trying to decipher more of these things, you're welcome to. I mean, why not? See if I could get a little bit more hint. I'll, do I wait for my next round though? I'll just stay up here? Yeah, if you wish to just stay up there, uh, it might take a little bit longer if you try to run and do it, or you can rejoin them. I think I'll, I'll come rejoin and then I'll come back. I could slide back in there easily. So I'll come back also still being very cool about everything. And then I tell everybody that we each have our own little passcode that we have to figure out for ourselves. But, uh... And that's all I know. We only need one person to figure it out to get the kid, right? It just, I think it's whoever has it, whatever their heart's desire is. Right. So, who wants to find... Who wants what? I don't even know what I want half the time. I'm hungry. Where's some pancakes? <laughs> I'll offer you a leak. Oh, th- thanks, little guy. That's great. It's like a pancake. Yeah. Long green pancake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can cook out, but I don't. I don't think the Modrons are gonna are gonna like that. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'll take the the compass back, and I want to roll insight as I'm looking at it, but insight of myself. Mm. <laughs> the therapist approach. I want to roll reflection. <laughs> you are welcome to do that straight up. Or you are welcome to do that with your Orison tape. Ooh, yeah, I'll do my Orison. Go ahead and roll your um, Orison with advantage. And if you have like a quick little mantra, prayer, anything that you say Um, during all of this. I think I'm still kind of getting my hang of the Orison thing. Uh, I'm also scanning my character sheet. this is where my prayer is answered based on the roll. Yes, essentially. So I will uh, hold the compass and say, the world is full of those in need of protection, but right now I can only handle one. Please help me find Sir George. And I'll roll my d4 with a four. You are feeling that strong bond of faith between you two and you could f- almost feel his emotions and maybe for a brief moments see through his eyes. You see him going up so, so many stairs willingly at this point. And instead of being afraid, he's more resolute. And the last thing you see is floor nine, eight, five, but he's moving past it, going up. Okay. Uh, I blink, I say, I, s- I still don't really understand this compass, but 
I, I just, I think I connected with Sir George. They're taking him up. I, I saw him on floor 985. I'm assuming probably they're going to take him up all the way to the top because that seems uh, like a good story. So he's probably going to 999. Uh, I guess we don't need this compass. I can just mind meld with him. Just chucks it over your shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) If it goes up to 999, he's above 985, like open the elevator and Bishop would just run his finger up every floor between, this will be 986 to 999. We stay in the elevator. We poke our heads out in each floor. If they're there, great. If not, get back in. It's hit everyone until we're at the top. That's a great idea. So that's the plan you announced? Yes. That's the plan you announced. Should we, like, uh, just in case, pretend to be hostages of the Modron or dress up as books? Yes. Dress up as (laughs) books. Whichever way you feel most comfortable. I'm a rabbit, so I We could put a bunch of books on one of those rolly shelves. Yes. And put it in the elevator and we can all duck behind it. Oh, we need a rolly shelf, 100%. I'll definitely grab a book and, like, punch little sleeves. Yes. And, like... (laughs) Yes. Yeah. The, the library will be very upset, but it's already mad at us, so why not? Let's go. We need a cart, though. Hands down. Yeah, you're going to have to find some means because there are lots of checkpoints. Uh, right. Okay. We did just go through a whole security thing. Right. Um, okay. Right. Okay. So, well, clearly Rain could hide on a cart rather easily. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's now, it's us. How do we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Are there boxes? Since they're all cleaning up, are they unpacking like new shelves or like like are there cardboard or the equivalent of boxes anywhere? Yeah, we were on a floor full of artifacts. Surely some of them, yeah, were in packaging. Uh, who's got paint? Does anyone have paint? yeah paint or crayons oh, oh. or pencils or anything? Yeah, there's there's back way back in the corner. There are definitely uh, just like a lot of bubble wrap. Still like a, it's still like a kid's wing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hear me out. <laughs> Hear me out. Visha would take one of the like boxes, and he'd do the same thing Rain did, where he'd poke holes in the sides of it, then get a smaller box and put it over his head, and he would turn towards our Modron co- uh, companion and be like, "Boop to beep, boop to beep." <laughs> <laughs> Maldrons understand common. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> this could work. It's all. It's, mm. This made work. Hold on, hold on. You need something on there, yeah. and I'll I'll draw big ears and like really, really paint up your your Modron costume. Oh, if you didn't perfect. eat the leak, I'll like yeah. split it and like stick it on the like antenna. Oh, flawless! Mm. Yes, so good. Yeah. yeah, it's lucky for you that the the few archivists of the place are very elegant, almost uh, fancy, if you will. Uh, so you might actually have a chance of blending in as as an archivist construct. Yes. <laughs> I look at Quicksilver's robot arms. Uh, Quicksilver, how strong are you feeling? Pretty strong. Okay. Yeah, this is gonna be fine. Uh, I want to find one of those um, moving trolleys that, like, uh, yeah. I'm gonna put on all my armor and my helm as though mm. I am a suit of armor mm. and stand That's so on this holy thing mm. so that. You can be the Modron putting me on display. Oh, on cool. <gasps> Good. This is a quality of a player. Uh, should we borrow your cloak for Visha? 
Oh. That probably could have been better than I mean, we're already... <laughs> we got cardboard, we got the fancy clothes. Grisha's already pretty invested. He's like, well, I mean, we could, <laughs> but... But because then we got the structure underneath, we got like the maquette and the bones, and we put the cloak on top. Oh, it's fair. Uh, I think I look better <laughs> with get the cloak. He doesn't want to give it back. <laughs> Wrapping in tinfoil. All right, okay. proof. We're fine. All right. <laughs> Uh, just a reminder that Quicksilver does have the map of the entire library in their head. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, Quicksilver, welcome back. Uh, is there any floor above 985 where the jury might be taking place for Sir Jordan? Okay, can I check my shard and see what comes back? Yes. <laughs> Important follow-up question. Yeah. Is there an execution chamber or a plinth? for hanging or anything like this. Can we take the jury to the execution chamber? Solve two problems. <laughs> oh my God. You guys, this got weird real fast. It's got we weird got, real we fast. Gonna kill the jury. We're, we're going oh to oh have a conversation. Very talking to. It's like, is Sir George going to go to jail for a couple yeah. days? Are they going to mm. kill him? I'm just mm. a little concerned. Yeah. One question at a time. What are, what, Quicksilver, what are, what are, what's going <laughs> through your head? And I will answer them. Uh, uh, yeah, I want to start with, is there like a floor above 999 where what was your original question Algernon? Uh, yeah, if there's a floor above 985 oh, that is a jury executioner or anything like that. Okay, yes. that's. I want to check and see the directory mm. of the library if a room exists. Technically, the library ends at floor 1000, but there is a floor 1001. It is mm. not quite a jury's room. It's not an executioner's room. You can't exactly read it. it it's almost like, a, you know, those documents that are like blacked out a little bit. Mm-hmm. It just says, it's yeah, it's redacted. The words that aren't redacted are the prime core. Prime core. Yes, it is the prime core colon redacted. Mm. Okay. I feel like we need to get up there. Yeah. If anything it's probably like a snazzy executive office on top floor mm. but there would be snacks and it's safe <laughs> but maybe we'll find something else can the book i have chosen to wear as disguise be a legal text Ab- absolutely absolutely i love this awesome. i love where this is go oh my god i love where this is going <laughs> this got amazing okay um uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> what were your other questions about the map of this place I don't know if I want to know about an executioner's room. <laughs> it sounds scary. I don't think I would need that information to get upstairs. Okay. Um, is there a secret elevator that gets us to that floor if it's not connected to the rest of the floors? Uh, I don't think you've done an investigation. Roll me an investigation, please. 12 plus 2, 14. All right. Yes, yes. Uh, different side of this floor, but there is kind of like a service elevator of sorts. Uh, It is more secure, but that might be what you're looking for. Okay, that feels very promising. What do you all think? So that we could get around some of security maybe, or have access to things that the normal elevator wouldn't have yet. That sounds like a solid idea. Okay, so I start pushing Algernon and his armor suit. (laughs) And then we have the little box and the book. Moving down the hallway. Flawless plan. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. I guess, like, if you're an archivist, <laughs> you're holding a book. <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> Beep boop. <laughs> Beep boop. Beep boop. Yes. 
Misha's no. accent completely goes away. <laughs> He's pretending to be a Votra. <laughs> Beep and Orbu. Yes, uh, you guys make it to the service elevator. You see, like, the, they're, the Maldrons are very good at every task, every single task they are given. Uh, in fact, this, this place doesn't look like anything's happened to it at all. Although some alarms have been raised because there's a missing artifact. So yeah, you guys are before this elevator. Can I press the button? Absolutely. I press the button. Boom. 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 Does the elevator make the noise or do you make the noise? Uh, it's the elevator. Nice. It's the elevator. And it, I mirror it. it but like half a second behind to show that I'm really not a Muldrum. And awesome. it opens. But it's not empty. There is an archivist there with a few tomes themselves. Beep boop. <laughs> they just like turn their head and look at you. What a system fault. My power cells are. <sighs> Exhausted. You must be headed to the repair floor. Beep boop. Our favorite floor. <clears throat> the shade. Close the door, please. Uh, beep. Beep boop. Beep. Step inside. <laughs> an awkward elevator shuffle, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just looking straight ahead. This is <laughs> a particularly odd elevator. It is... We're just going to call it a quantum elevator. It doesn't go strictly up or down or in sequential order. It's a walk evader. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Can we see, like, is it... Are they clear walls or is it just we're in a box and we have a sense of movement? You're in a box and you have a sense of movement at this time. Gotcha. Are there buttons inside this box? Oh, yes, of course. Okay. But they're all, right. all over the place. There's there's right. a couple on each wall. Right. Oh. Is 1001 even on? Yeah, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. Is it, does it even have a button? There's no numbers, actually. Not, well, I mean, there's only two numbers everywhere. Right. It's all just zeros and ones. Okay. Can we make a thousand out of a combination of these numbers if they were all pressed at the same time? Uh, you're welcome to try, but you might raise a little alarm bells as long as this archivist is on there. As long as there's something I keep him busy. One of us has to keep. Okay. I'll keep him busy, right? Oh. Right. Visha kind of gives you all a big nod and like lifts the box <laughs> as he faces you, <laughs> gives you a big nod and wink, <laughs> turns to the archivist and beep boop, beep boop. What? What are you? What's your system failure? <laughs> I do not understand your request. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. boop. Please install a language set, perhaps common. They would just put one robot <laughs> finger up. Beep, boop, beep, 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 <laughs> beep, and he just do that for the next three minutes. <laughs> to keep the guy I, occupied. Have we heard an intercom? We've heard an intercom in here before, right? Yes. So, and I have thaumaturgy. So, nice. I'm going to go ahead and thaumaturgy up top. Um, all working archivists, please report to floor 1001. Ooh. That's such a good so plan. So good. Really good. Please. Much better than mine. Please. <laughs> roll me that. Roll me uh, your choice of persuasion or deception. Let's see how well this goes. That was brilliant, by the way. <laughs> so smart. It's only ten. Can I be assisting because I'm just I'm distracting him so he's not paying as much attention 
or they're not paying as much attention as they would? I'm... Hmm. I would normally say yes, but these are beings of complete order. Yeah, so. and I'm being very chaotic. So, which is very. Are you sure you okay? Are you sure you want to do that? Because that would raise some real yes. flags. Can, yeah. Well, my tides of chaos are also going off. Can they add like a little bit of chaos to this elevator to like bolster Aram's chaos? I'm liking okay. all these ideas. Okay. All solid ideas. I will let this happen, but in order for your tides of chaos to go off, you have to be casting a spell mm. or like using nice. your magic in some way. So what are you casting mm. to make this happen? I am, oh gosh. Uh, okay, I'm casting a spell to, you know, cause I have a history with research and archives anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm like trying to transfer this archivist's information into mine like create this like free flow of their thoughts into mine and mine into theirs in order to help distract them i take all of the good stuff and then i leave them with chaos all right so magic wi-fi you got it please (laughs) please uh i want you to use up one of your spell slots and then roll me a d100 or i can roll it whatever one you want okay does it matter if it's first or second level Second levels, you know, they're your higher, more powerful spells, essentially. Okay, cool. All right. And then a D... What did you say? A D100. Okay. Woohoo. A five and a... Oh, 54. 54. (laughs) It's a great thing you hit that because you are actually going to be immune to effects that would not just intoxicate you, but also mm. just like infect you. Mm. So the the vi- that chaos virus that you could upload it could double back, but it's a good thing you hit that. Um, could you elaborate more, just like narratively? I want to I want to I want to see mm. it in my head, like how this is going. Okay, so me taking the information from yeah. the activist? yeah. All right, so I feel like I'm I close my little robot eyes, and you just see like some sparks coming out of my head. And then you see the sparks appear in the archivist's head. Like there's something happening in this space, but it's only like a little bit of static that's going in on our minds. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you just feel like there's like information emptying out of its head, the archivist's, mm-hmm. like a tide going in. Mm-hmm. And then it keeps like swelling back with information that's like useful. No, nothing's useful, it's just crap gets like pushed back into their mind. Mm-hmm. And then in my <laughs> mind, the static goes away and the archivist's mind keeps having the static and the chaos. Yes, absolutely. And that's when you need to see the archivist going. Is, is this color? Is this what those bio-illogicals experience? It's so wonderful and horrible and so much. My processors, they are overclocking. Is this what feelings are like? Is this what it is like to be alive? And they completely first shut down, but then they disintegrate. Oh, oh. how are we going to get to 4001? You know how now. Oh, okay. (laughs) I just, oh man, I just stole their life force. Information is power. Information is power. (laughs) And when you take all the order from something that is existing solely on order, what's left? Mm. You know? Interesting. Yes. Oh, I feel complicated about that. 
<laughs> Welcome to D and D. Yeah. Oh no, my actions had consequences. Yeah. <laughs> Did the archivists leave any bits behind? Uh, they, they're, what w- would be their... Like, did they fully disintegrate, or did they, like, fall apart? Yes, disintegrated. But there's, like, an, uh, like a, a cloak of sorts that would make sense, better gears that would make sense. So you, you can upgrade your cardboard, if you wish. Neat. Yeah. I oh. will scavenge the bones and... <laughs> Make a better suit. I will also add this other bit. There is a mask that all archivists wear. It is to basically show the facial expressions a bit. Right. Right. So there's that that is left. If I wear the mask over the box, does it project my facial expressions properly as if I was a Modron? Have you tried it? We could, uh, we could probably lose the box, man, and just stick some gears on it. This is fair. <laughs> That's actually probably, yes, that makes more sense. You would remove the box, put the mask mm-hmm. on, put a gear over each ear like Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. Good okay. to go. Um, roll me a intelligence saving throw. Sure, that's going to go great. Let's go with like a DC 14. I have a plus uh, two. Here, I'll, I'm so impressed with this. I Ooh. give you a slap on the back and bless you. Thank you. Thanks what does that do for me? Oh, extra, extra D4. D4. Perfect. So the roll, well, the roll is 15 plus 2 is 17. Might as well see if I nail it. <laughs> so, and then I, that's a, that's an additional, that's an additional 2. So 19 total. Nice. Would you say that you s- succeeded with your magic or not? Well, I'm, I, I don't understand the question. Yes, I'm saying I, yes, you I... succeeded, but how did you succeed? Well, through teamwork. <laughs> it was through t- like I mean like okay so Vish had like some really bad memories recently and some bad dreams about some experiences in this orphanage. However, there were also some very very good experiences. And when he was younger, he was adopted by a couple of the older kids who used to play a dress up with him. So for this moment, for this like small moment, as he's pretending to be a robot despite the fact that this is a very serious thing and we need to survive, like for a moment, he's able to kind of re-enter this place, this fun little place, mm-hmm. you know, of whimsy. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why, they, why they're why they able to succeed. Well, you get story inspiration because that gave me feels. Yeah. So, hey. you, you get story inspiration. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. Oh, yes. Getting it's all like, the assists today because it's so good. <laughs> it's like on a test where you didn't study for and there's that <laughs> essay part that you can just bullshit your way through. It's perfect. Yeah. Hey, yeah. This it mask fits you perfectly. And instead of nice. fighting your magic, it's working with it. And it's projecting not just your onto your face, but a little bit onto your body as well. So so the bits of you that were flesh now have this kind of porcelain shine to it. Neat. Do they kind of glow underneath like Tron? that's exactly what you want, then yeah. Yes, please. All right. You get all the Tron lights for sure. Thank you. Yes. I'm very happy. Yeah. Yeah. Just slowly fades from purple to pink like it's an LED inside a computer, right? Did you hit the buttons? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Who hit the buttons? 
Oh, I don't know. Who 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 could? <laughs> who was able to? Who Hopefully, hopefully Quicksilver. Yeah. 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 By by all means, hit hit those buttons and there's Okay. It is a sequence, of course, and you were very tempted with hitting these other auxiliary buttons. Do you hit them? Uh I'm so tempted, but I don't. Okay. We've got such a party in this elevator. I feel like these buttons are making like EDM music, like beep, beep, beep. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Vicious beeping, booping adds to like the bass of the beeping, booping. Yeah. <laughs> like a rave. <laughs> you gotta start just playing that shoe like a washboard. Like. Mm. <laughs> when you hit the last button, that's when the whole gravity of the elevator seems to shift. Even though you guys were really close, it now looks like briefly like you're miles apart. That the walls fade, that you are zipping through planes and universes and emotions and colors that you've never seen before. Before hitting the last boom. So like, as the doors open up, do we get sucked back like each other's relative space? Like we're really far apart, ding, and then we just get pulled together all of a sudden. It's like a reverse zoom. But we're actually feeling it in reality. Yeah, yeah. Are there any other Modrons around? Not that you can see, no. Okay. Then I pull out the compass again and I say, uh, Sir George, we're coming for you. This is my entire heart's desire because after we find you and Lyriel and figure out what's going on with the Infinitry, then we can probably get some good brunch. <sighs> okay. Sir George, what's my number? And I just vibe with it. You vibe with it or vibe with Sir George or vibe with, like, what do you... I vibe with Sir George and my heart. Mm. Yeah. I vibe with my heart. And I just kind of spin the two bands without even, like, picking a number. Without even picking a number, okay? But flawless. the number is going to land somewhere. I'm hoping you choose that. <laughs> you want me to choose it? Or I can roll for it. Okay, um... Give me, I want you to narrate some visions that you are seeing. And then I'll decide. Cool. Okay. Uh, I spin the rings. I think um, at first, like, I'm kind of tugged in a couple different directions. uh, But it kind of, like, cycles from, like, the home I grew up uh, to pancakes to Sir George to our group. Uh, and then it like speeds up and is more like Sir George, kind of what I'm picturing the jury room to be, picturing him like in danger, wanting to protect him, uh, getting a flash occasionally of Haven and this kind of feeling of like Haven's protection also like being involved because they would still be uh, invested in Sir George. And then like the last thing is just this picture of only Sir George's face. And he does look resolute, but also a little alone. To me, a perception roll real quick. 17. Very nice. The vision was absolutely lovely and breathtaking. And did I hear you right? That there was something about pancakes? Yes. When you think about it, how many were there? Six. Very close. There were seven. There were seven. I have a hard time counting pancakes. You were you you didn't count the one that you were so eating. Thin. You didn't count the one that you were eating. Yeah. Then you picture Haven and you're in the forest and you notice you count the trees. Seven. And then 
you were sitting and drinking with Sir George. This bunch of empty glasses. There are seven. Well, I stopped the bands right at zero seven. You already tried a number, but so it's before. So please take two damage. That's when you hear a mm, faith. It's such a beautiful thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, you are so far off. But I could help you if you want. Do not answer that. But, but leave them. They're gonna help. Their help always comes at a cost. If you wish to bargain, a bargain with me. Mm. You were so close, but you just gave up. What left do you have to bargain? You don't have any hope. I'm pretty beat. Like I'm a little beat up, mm -hmm. right? Like, like I've, I've, like, I've clearly been injured, and holding this thing didn't help. But he would put his hand out one more time for it. He's gonna grip it. What's mm -hmm. the last number I said? Where's two points of damage? It was 19, right? Correct. Oh, yeah. But the last thing he said to you at yeah. 19 right. was you're, you were so close. So close. Okay. Okay. You know what? Then he holds it. 20. No, you're odd. Mm. Right. Sorry. Sorry. Not insulting, but. Uh... Oh, very helpful. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 21. Because I like yeah. that you did that and I want yeah. to keep it. I'm going to say that you, that did happen and you took the damage. And I'm going to sure. so please take three damage for hitting 20. Right. Gotcha. Three. Oh. Okay. Oh. Yep. Yep. I mean, you can now like, like bruises are just appearing under Visha's skin with his arm and shoulder, maybe even on a, on his neck. The that the blood vessels in his eyes have gone, so they're just reddening and bursting. Maybe one little trickle of blood coming down his nose, and he grips it tighter. Twenty one. Take four damage, and that's when your patron laughs a little bit. Oh. <laughs> this this help is not worth the cost. Ah. He's taking. No, no, he doesn't let go. How are you less than nineteen? How am I less? Does that than when? Does that mean you maybe you get more damage when you're closer to the number? That's what he's assuming. He's assuming the more damage he takes is when he gets a closer. So he would fight, and then he would just grit his teeth, and he would say twenty three. <laughs> Sure. No, I think it's gonna be seventeen. <laughs> it's gonna be seventeen. It might be. It might be. Twenty. All right. Was the last? Please take five no! damage. Oh. Okay. You right. said twenty. You said twenty-three, right? Yeah, so please yeah. take five damage. Oh. So he just kind of falls to his knees. How much like, life do you have left? Two hit points. Oh, and like no. weakly, weakly gives it up. Like like he <laughs> can't go any further. I lay my hands yes. on you and I pour my lay on hands pool and I say, "You got this." Oh, but I give you, you. Uh, fifteen hit points back. Wow. Excellent. So okay. 15 that takes me up to 17 huh? unless someone stops him yeah 17 <laughs> you know seems like what? a good a, number Visha <laughs> he would pause and he would take a deep breath 17 the whole world seems to fade away briefly and the smoke seems to even fade the core seems to briefly melt for you this compass opens. Mm. Yes. Neat. But you are by yourself right now. Drat. You see <laughs> two figures approach you. Like in the darkness? Like in the, or, Yes. And okay. as they come into vision, they, mm -hmm. they look exactly like you. One a little 
not a little, one a lot more weary, a lot more broken, a lot more faded in the eyes, and the other one lighter, hopeful, beaming. Definitely don't trust that one. (laughs) No way. Roll me a d6 real quick. That's going to be three. They're reflecting back you, Mm -hmm. but why can't you look away from them? Do I have the compass still? When you look down, that's what you seem to be standing on. It's like all around us, like there's big, huge hoops, like just kind of sweeping over. It's all around you. Like in, like in contact, like when they're inside. So he would look at himself. What are you? We are the poles of your heart. What is it that I desire? What is it that you desire? This game was nowhere. (laughs) Just tap his foot angrily. He's very exhausted with riddles. Does not (laughs) like riddles. It's never been his thing. And this is one riddle after the next. He's frustrated. And just, I do not understand. Cannot someone simply tell me what we need to know? Can someone not tell you what you need to know? And you just, like, like, even they seem frustrated now. They're reflecting (laughs) his frustration back at him. And he would just, uh, he just, so he just looks so like, is there anything else in this room? It seems pretty endless. He just pushes them. <laughs> he just steps forward, shoves them aside, summons light, and just like, st- like walks into the darkness to see if anything changes at all. Your light starts getting stronger and stronger and stronger, but your body seems to fade, actually. Your light becomes a sun casting on a mountain. Okay. He's just walking through the darkness and it's very dark for a while except for this light. The light keeps growing brighter then leaves his hand at some point and becomes this sun. But it's a sun in eclipse over a three-pointed mountain that almost seems like a crown. And that, that vision fades and the sun opens up and becomes this doorway, possibly in stone, possibly in a tree, surrounded by branches covered in red flowers. And in the middle of that is some sort of cloaked figure with long skeletal arms and a head like a glowing glass bulb. That bulb flashes with light and he puts his hand up for a moment and butterflies spill out of it. He's translucent, multicolored, shimmering creatures, almost as if when like there's a sheen of oil on water and you get that translucent rainbow. It's like that, but they're butterflies. Their wings are shifting in color as they fly all around him. One gets right into his face and kind of like breaks over him. And then his footsteps are on water and he's walking along the surface of a lake at night. And in the middle of the lake, There's a rowboat. There's people on it. He can't see who they are. He's walking towards them just as the moon breaks out from the clouds. There's a flash of light, and then he's back. As you do that, that's when you feel your patron just almost hug you. I knew you were close. And fades away. 
Our storied insight is a blended audio drama and actual play podcast using D&D 5th edition. Our table is a brave space where players have a chance to rewrite the very stories they tell to themselves. You can tell us your stories via our socials, our storied cast on Instagram, threads, and Twitter, and our storied insight on YouTube and TikTok. You can also support new chapter episodes on Patreon at patreon.com slash ourstoriedinsight. Please consider rating the show, writing a review, and sharing with friends. In this chapter, our players are Milo as Rain Lagabeen, Rachel as Quicksilver, Aram as Vishakapar Zakarian, Trisha Magara as Algernon Bouquet, and Alante Barakat as this story's keeper. Additional voice talents include Corey Knapp as Samuel Zen, Izzy Bromberger as Professor Harrington Foster, Dana Ebert as Sage Southwood, Natalie Gordon as Athenium Alarm and Athenium Archivist, Jacob Reset as Lib the Monodrone. This chapter was edited by Izzy Bromberger. A special thanks goes out to the music of the many amazing and talented artists compensated by Artlist.io. Find their names in the episode's description. <laughs>